Hey kids, this week we're talking about Young Frankenstein from 1974. So here we go. I'm Tad. And I'm Tony. And we love movies. It feels like that's all we talk about. But when we decided to do a podcast, we couldn't do new movies. Everybody does that. So we're going back. Back to the movies of our childhood or movies we haven't seen in a long time. It's our Overdue Movie Review Podcast. No, and <laughs> we're not alive. We're not alive. <laughs> this movie released in December of 1974, mm-hmm. December 15th, and in February of 1974, Blazing Saddles came out. Oh, okay. So this is right on the heels of literally probably <laughs> the funniest movie Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder ever made together. The producers is good, right? Blazing Saddles is hilarious. Right. Young Frankenstein's good. Mm-hmm. Blazing Saddles was better. Right. But this is, I like this movie. This, I, I think the reason, we've talked about doing Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah. But I think the reason I picked uh, Young Frankenstein this week was, it, w- it was. Family friendly? A little bit more family friendly, <laughs> yes. Um, but it was, it's, for me, it's like the humor was more subtle. Right. It's very in this. subtle. Yeah. And I wanted, I wanted to really dive into it because I hadn't watched it in a minute. And I was like. I, I forgot how subtle the humor was because as a kid, I did not appreciate this movie as much. Right. Number right. one, it's black and white. Right. Number two, it's just, again, the subtle humor. I was like, I, I just wasn't ready for it. But as I get older, every time I watch this movie, I find something else to like right. about it. Right. Yeah. But let's talk about the cast. So, of course, we've got Mel Brooks directing. Right. But the cast is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Gene Wilder mm-hmm. as uh, Dr. Frederick Frankenstein. Who is really Frankenstein? <laughs> Madeline Kahn plays his fiance. Elizabeth. Marty Feldman uh, plays Igor. Mm-hmm. Or it's I, I think it's really Igor. It really is. But Igor. I think he pronounces it Igor him. just because he's like it's Frankenstein. Right. Right. Oh, right. come with me, Igor. It's all Igor. Igor. Yeah. You know. So I think it's really much of a joke. Cloris Leachman, Leachman is a Frau Blucher, mm-hmm. and I love the running gag with that. Every time you, the every time name. they say Blucher, the horse's name. <laughs> Terry Gar is Inga, and I had such a huge crush on Terry Gar when this, when I watched this movie as a kid, and even now you look like wow, she was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the list, the cast just goes on and on and oh, on. Oh, did you find? But you recently? have to. But you have to find. Uh, you have to talk about the monster, mm-hmm. Frankenstein's monster, played by Peter Boyle, the wonderful Peter Boyle, known for being Raymond's father in uh, Frank Barone in Everybody, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Loves he was Raymond. also uh, Father Time in uh, Santa Claus Two and Three. Oh, okay. But in Santa Claus One, he played Tim Allen's boss. He played Scott Calvin's boss at the toy department. What if it was always Father Time? I know. <laughs> or what if? What if like? Scott Calvin, the Father Time the, had died, he, the, and he, and he had to become time? the new Father Time. Oh, they're going to oh, right. That's crazy. That's we'll have crazy. to we'll have to watch the Santa Claus movie <laughs> as a whole right. for an overdue. Right, right. Because as a whole, I think they work. Because wow. I mean, they've got the new series on and stuff. Mind blown on anyway. Santa Claus. I'm telling you, but <laughs> the the whole cast was just it was beautiful. Of course, Gene and Mel worked so wonderfully together. Mm-hmm. Um, Anytime you got those two together, it was going to be funny. And 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 this is Wilder was going to write this movie, right? 
And and he wrote it with Mel, and then I'll you know he's starring in it, and it's just one thing after another. You get a funny cast like that together, you never know what's going to happen. Right, right. We got also a guest appearance by Gene Hackman as Harold the Blind. The Man. Blind Man. I was I was watching it again this uh, yesterday, and I was like, is that Gene Hackman? Right. And sure enough, you looked it up, and it was. I was like, I, he he looked older. He looked like an older Gene Hackman in 1974 because the makeup they put on him and oh, stuff. Right, right, right. So I was like, that looks like Gene Hackman, but like it looks like Gene Hackman 20 years ago, not Gene Hackman <laughs> in 1974. Right, right, this is right. pre-Superman. Yeah, yeah. You know, by five, four or five four years, years. Yeah, four years. And uh, the budget was 2.78 million dollars. Box office eighty six point two million in nineteen seventy four dollars. Crazy. <laughs> you 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 adjust for inflation, and that's a huge blockbuster. Right. And this film is a parody of the classic horror film Frankenstein, by you know uh, the book Mary Shelley's right. eighteen eighteen um, Frankenstein book and the modern Prometheus produced by Universal in 1930s. In fact, the props... I was about to say, yeah. that's something that uh, Mel reached out to the original prop maker mm -hmm. for the original movie mm -hmm. and dude was just storing them in his basement. That's so okay. he's like, I'll rent them and I'll give you credit that you didn't get in the 30s. That's awesome. So he actually finally received the prop, the set designer prop maker finally received credit That's cool. in this film for making the props that he used in the original. That's awesome. That's, that's like, that's really an amazing, cool. that's really cool. amazing thing. And Brooke shot the picture entirely in black and white, which was a rarity in the 1970s. Yeah. Cause I mean, color was new. Yeah. It was a shiny new toy. Yeah. And he's going black and white. I love it. Cause it gave that. If, it, it gave that, that nostalgia feel. feel exactly. It gave that nostalgic old, feel yeah. to it. That's because you think about it. The original Frankenstein came out in the 30s. Mm -hmm. Why would you go see uh, what is a spinoff or a spoof of it that doesn't look like it? Right. It makes sense. We're in a horror kick. We're in a horror remake kick. Did you, right. Yeah. The Mummy from last week was, was I just Boris thought Koloff, about that. Now we're on Frankenstein. And now Frankenstein, which I think he played Boris. I think Boris Koloff played yeah. the, the, the Frankenstein, too. So are we going to go with uh, <laughs> Dracula 2000 next week? With uh, uh, Le uh, Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen, Dracula dead and loving it. <laughs> oh my, we could, we could, we could. Either that or we'll watch the Twilight movies. Oh no, no. we'll watch Dracula dead and loving it. That's funny. I, I didn't realize that we were like on. A I didn't even think group. about it. No. Wait a minute, we're just going we're kind down of going line down our the... dark universe, yeah. as, as it <laughs> right, were. Right, 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 right. But um, I, I like I like the way this movie opens. Because he's trying to distance himself from his family name, and even in, in so much as he's even pronouncing his name differently, yeah, Frank, Frank and correcting the student. Yeah, but and isn't he, your grandfather Doctor Frederick Frankenstein? Yeah, and, and he's like really annoyed by that because he's going. <laughs> mm. What was it? What was it? He says his uh, theory was doo doo. Yeah, it was doo doo. It was doo doo. <laughs> Did he? He stabbed himself. In he the, stabs in the himself leg. in the leg, and he's like, mm, dismissed. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's even pronounced his name to Frankenstein instead yeah. of Frankenstein, and right. he's really trying because you know that this character grew up with the stories of his great grandfather, great great grandfather, he was, he was whatever insane. it was. Right. Yeah, he was insane. so you know he's as a as a doctor who's essentially following in his you know family. Well, footsteps. he's Frederick. He's Frederick. 
His grandfather is Victor. That's right, the Victor, yeah. yeah. So he's following in his grandfather's footsteps, kind of in the science realm. Yeah, and dealing with the mind. Dealing and stuff, with yeah. the mind and the, and the nervous system. Mm-hmm. So, but he's really, like you said, he's running from that past. Right. And, um, and doing so quite exquisitely. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that he's, per, he's uh, presenting these theories to this classroom of students and it's all baloney. Yeah, it's full of baloney. <laughs> like, right. the, the, the guy that comes in is completely pe- paid pe- off. Right. I, I've a- never met this man before. <laughs> I've never met him before. Give him a dollar. When you <laughs> Give him an extra dollar. <laughs> but it's like, it's like you know, so he, he doesn't even believe the stuff that he's saying. Right, right. He thinks it's all hogwash. And then he finds out about his uh, the inheritance. inheritance. Mm-hmm. And he's got to go in, and then you you finally get to meet Madeline Kahn, who's playing his fiance, mm-hmm. who is super super conservative, super super. Um, yeah, no her kissing. Family no, money, yeah. no kissing, no touching the hair. I'm heading to a party, darling. You know, don't mess up the nails. Don't mess up my nails. Yes. Um, and and so you're like, so you've got super conservative fiance. Then as soon as you get where he's going, you meet Inga, mm-hmm. voluptuous Inga. Mm-hmm. And, um, Who's rolling in the hay? Roll, literally rolling roll, roll hay. <laughs> so good. She was Terry Gar was so funny, just like from the get go in this movie. Like she was funny on her own right, right. But in this movie, just so funny. And again, it's all subtle stuff. You know, yes, mm-hmm. rolling the hay is yeah. Is it- but, innuendo, right, yes. right, right. But like you look at that scene where they're riding and and you hear the wolf howl. Yeah, and, uh, it's, it's a she, werewolf. Goes, she goes, werewolf. And he said, werewolf? Yeah. Werewolf. And I, yeah, Igor goes, werewolf. Like, what? What? Hey, why are you there talking like wolf. that? I, I thought, thought that's you what you wanted to talk. <laughs> I thought you wanted to talk like that. Uh, what knockers? I thank you, doctor. Mm-hmm. This movie is quotable from the beginning to the end. Yeah. There's, there's quotes all through this movie. In fact, whenever I hear uh, Tacos putting on the Ritz, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I immediately. Think about young Frankenstein. Think about young Frankenstein and the monster. But not red. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's something we talked about before we got on is the, the walk this way thing that Igor yes. says. Yes. Right there at the train depot, he gets off and, and, and Igor says, Walk this way. And he's, No, 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 this way. And he right. t- tells right. him to walk like that. Well, yeah. Aerosmith loved it so much, they named a they song after it. That's right. Yeah. The song Walk This Way by Aerosmith was run DMC. Run, named yeah. after that line in the movie. That's crazy. Pop That's culture so pop culture immediately gravitated yeah. to this movie. Yeah. And in nineteen seventies, Mel Brooks was it. Yeah. I mean, he was your go to funny man. That's right. You know, when That's you right. wanted a when you wanted a spoof movie, and this is you know, they didn't do spoof movies. Like they do now, right? You know, right. This like the before, scary movie yeah. franchise, the superhero movie, the epic movies, epic so, movie. Yeah. yeah, all of those movies that we've seen here lately. That's base. That's because of Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, Brooks yeah. Mel, Mel Brooks, Brooks did there. this stuff before anybody did it. Right. Right. Now I know somebody's gonna say, "Well, Stone Stone did it before that," but Mel Brooks did it. With he did Tom. it. He did the majority. I mean, yeah. he did. He spoofed westerns. Mm-hmm. He spoofed horror movies. He spoofed Robin he Hood. Spoofed Robin Hood with Robin Hood. Yeah. By, and by the way, Carrie always will always be my favorite Robin Hood. Like, and, uh, so good. Oh, Star Wars. Star, Star Wars, Wars with Spaceballs. Yeah. And got permission to do it from George so Lucas himself. Crazy. See? And 
<laughs> with the only condition being he couldn't sell any merchandise. Oh, really? Was couldn't that sell the... it. That was the joke behind the merchandising uh... scene in the movie. You know, we got you, we got you space balls this, space balls that. That so was we'll the joke. Never have a wolf toy. Never have uh, a barf toy. Barf, yeah, barf, not wolf. Oh, that would have worked too. Wolf. That, that's a Star Trek. That's the Star Trek parody. Right. (laughs) But, like, just, he was the go-to guy when you wanted something just, like, slapsticky comedy. But, again, this one's not so much slapstick as it is just, it's very subtle humor and and a nice homage to the original Frankenstein. Right, right, right. So much so that you still have the monster coming to life and then going and rampaging. Right, because that that joke with the little girl, because... (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm not too like I think a couple of years ago I watched the original Frankenstein with my wife, and uh, he was innocent. He was so innocent, and he was like, you know, the little girl was throwing flowers in the in the water. Yeah, and she's like, you know, there's nothing else to throw, and he picks her up and he tosses her into the into the water, and he's like, <gasps> but he he did it because that's the only he was new. He yeah, didn't he know didn't what know. Was going on. So there's nothing movie, else to throw. Okay, right. you're so, little. So in this movie. When the in, unless you've seen the original Frankenstein, you don't get this joke. But the little girl's throwing the flowers down the well, and, and she's like, you know, throw it down the well, say kiss it goodbye, and he does it. And then she <laughs> says, well, there's nothing else to throw down there. What else could we throw down there? And he looks at he looks at her, looks and he looks at the camera, and looks away, <laughs> and I'm like, I know what he's thinking. Like I can throw uh, I her throw down, down there. <laughs> But oh, and, and this is like a little fish out of water too, because it's like this monster, um, again, frightened by fire, right? And and which is the classic thing. But he's still innocent, you know, right? Like it's like when he goes to the blind man, he's just trying to be, yeah. The, 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 the blind man pray for him <laughs> to to you know pray for God he's to like, send somebody. He sent me a mute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blind. You're a mute. <laughs> Yeah. But he's he's pouring him some soup and I he's gotta go back and the... watch that because I didn't I, I didn't I was looking for a blind man and I'm like oh now I'm going Tony that was the blind man was why was I not paying attention <laughs> right. but I I did hear that voice I hear that Gene Hackman like Gene Hackman, voice yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it, and, it, and and one of the one of the best scenes all the like some of the best scenes in this movie involve Marty Feldman uh-huh. as Igor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, before we started recording, you came in singing, I ain't got, got nobody. Because that's when they go, <laughs> they finally find the, the... They see the heads. They, they see all the heads in the, and he's like just right there. And, yeah. I ain't got but uh, that's when they found the library. And then when, he, when uh, uh, Dr. Frankenstein sends Igor on the mission to get the brain, he goes to get the actual brain then drops it right and then just grabs one and i, I love that scene because you know the monster's gone awry and he's wild and they finally get him tranked and um and then you see wilder sit down on the chair and he's like igor come sit sit and he's like he sits on the floor he's like no no no, up here right here and he mm-hmm. says he's so calm he's like igor that's not Hans whatever's right, brain, is right, it? Right, he's right. Like, no. And he's like, he's in trouble. He's like a kid in trouble. Whose brain is it? Um, Abby someone. Abby normal? Abby normal. <laughs> you? And he goes, he goes, and he, he doesn't blame him. He's like, I put 
an abnormal brain right. to a seven foot right. long, 54 inch wide beast. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so, it's so calm, but he's like, right. Abby, someone, Abby, yeah, Abby normal. Abby normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's just so, again, it's so funny without just like, you know, today it feels like they have to hit you in the head with a joke. Right, right. And, and they're, they're just, over and over and over again. And it's like right. they're just slipping them in here and there. And then, right. you know, the callbacks are great. You know, because they, again, they're not beating you over the head with them. They just right. slip those callbacks in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, can you uh, reference uh, at the end of the movie mm-hmm. where Madeline Kahn and the monster end up together before he is transformed? Right. Like in the movie. In the movie. Early yeah. in the movie, yeah. When, like, when he kidnaps her. Right, when he right. kidnaps her and, and then And they, she sings All and, Sweet Mystery of Life. Yes. And because she's like... Because he's, he just automatically starts taking. I his, kept waiting for it's true, it's true. Right, he, take, <laughs> take, he takes his. I mean, unzippings, unbuttons his trousers, and she goes, "Oh, whoa!" She's like, "You know, I am engaged, but you know, da, da, da. you know." She's yeah. like, "She's all oh, yeah, like, and then and then yeah, yeah, the, yeah." And then at the end of the movie, after the transference, yeah, he's and like, the, "What did you?" And get? both of them have gotten married, yeah. and then. Right at the end, she's Fre- uh, she asks uh, Frederick, Inga starts Inga, singing. Frederick, yeah. yeah, she's like Ingrid asks Frederick. So, so you know, the monster got your intelligence. You know, what did you get? And he goes, mm. <laughs> and then she starts singing, "Ah, uh, sweet mystery of life too." And you're like, and again, you already know, you, you know, you already exactly, know, right? Because you, it's just a sweet callback, and it's not like. You know, it's not don't have very raunchy or anything like yes. that. You know exactly what, Off camera, what it is. Off camera, right. You know black exactly screen. what it is, right. You know so exactly funny. And then Cloris Leachman. Yeah, man. She's great. She's Cloris great. Leachman has looked that old <laughs> since 1974. Because I know it was the makeup or whatever. But, like, yeah. when you go back and watch it now, you're like, of course that's Cloris Leachman. It doesn't yeah. look like a long, young Cloris Leachman. Right. It just looks like Cloris Leachman. Right. And she right. is so funny. Yeah, she's hilarious. Like, and... and and this character is not supposed to be funny, funny. Right, right. But she just makes this character, Frau Blucher, the yeah. just, I, I need to find some horse sound effects to put in every <laughs> right. time we say Blucher. So another, another, another Marty Feldman line when so he, he, after the first thing, when the horse is, he, he's like, Blucher. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. And the horse is, it's just, mm-hmm. again, those are callback jokes that just right. keep happening throughout the movie. Right. And uh, like I said, I like I, when she's playing the violin, and he's like, "So is you playing the violin? Yes." And you let him go, yes. And it was your cigar, yes. <laughs> As you playing the violin, of, you know, like, that's funny. That is hilarious. Oh, but like, like I said, I. As a kid, I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was but funny. But now as an adult, you understand It's Gene Wilder, right. you know, because, I mean, I loved Willy Wonka. I loved uh I loved Saddles. Gene Wilder with Richard Pryor. Yes. Oh, my. Talk about so a com- com- comedy duel. That that was. And Richard Pryor was actually, he was going to be in Blazing Saddles at one point. Uh, but they were like, well, that would end up being a Richard Pryor movie. Yeah. And, you know, you know, a lot of people feel that way about Richard Pryor. Even Christopher Reeve felt that way about him in Superman Three. It he's turned like, into a he's Superman. Like, it's not a Superman Three movie. It is a Richard Pryor movie. Yeah, and I'm with, like, with Superman in it. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> mm, he's pretty much yeah, right. He's right. He's about right. But um, <laughs> but it was like I loved Gene Wilder, and and I've loved Gene Wilder in pretty much anything I've ever seen him mm-hmm. in. But this, it's like so that's why I, that's why I liked it as a kid because it's you know. 
Willy Wonka. It's, right. Uh, Jim, the the the, fr- the Frisco kid. Right, right, right. It, You know, it was that, and I was like, I was just enthralled by his acting. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, I appreciated the humor and the jokes a little bit more. It's, you know, it wasn't necessarily the innuendo right. behind him. It was just, it was the the subtlety of the humor that, that kind of drew me into the movie. And right. like, like the, the parts where like after the morning after they've created the monster and they think that they've, you know, right. they, they, or they they've tried to create the monster and, and they're, they're eating. And he's just and they're, eating. They're mm, eating breakfast. Like, mm. Mm, what do you think? Mm. Oh, you like it? Like, like what? You made a you yummy said, sound. Mm, yeah, you made a yummy sound. I didn't make a yummy sound. Did you make a yummy sound? And then they find out the monster's and look, alive. It's not. It doesn't play like a straight comedy. It's, right. It's almost like a serious, a serious movie about this guy who's trying to like let go of his family history. And actually become somebody, and then he reads the ravings of his grandfather. His grandfather, and, and he's says, like, huh, this, "This might, might be work. work. Yeah, this might actually work. Yeah, let me see." It's it's a tale <laughs> of somebody running from his past and then coming to terms with his past, right? And then recreating the past, all while humor is being added to the situation. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, it's not like a straight comedy. This is like a, this could very well be a sequel to Frankenstein. Right. It could. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Like, as much as Young Indiana Jones was a, <laughs> kind of a, a prequel to Indiana Jones, Young right. Frankenstein could could have easily been a sequel. It could have been. Yeah. It, like, it most definitely we could. Been. If it's not Mel Brooks, we're probably calling it a, a, an attempted sequel. Right. Not right. not knowing what we know. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. If you had to put Mel Brooks' name on it, it could have easily been. Easily. Frankenstein too. Yeah. But you know it's a spoof with Mel Brooks's name on right. it. Right. You know, we mentioned the monsters encounter with the young girl and the blind hermit, which are from the movies, yeah. the 1931's Frankenstein and the 1935's Bride of Frankenstein. So we get to see the Bride of Frankenstein. Madeline Kahn, yeah. yeah. With the classic hairstyle. <laughs> right there at the end. Because and when, when she gets kidnapped, you see the gray streaks in her right, hair. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But then when she they get... She screams, and then when you see her again... Then after they get married... Right. She's you got see the, the actual the full, bride of yeah. Frankenstein. And I love right. the fact that, you know, they're married, and she becomes the bride of Frankenstein. Right, right, right. I guess before that, she was the betrothed of Frankenstein, because <laughs> she was engaged to, to Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, Fr- Fr- Frederick, yeah. <laughs> but I mean... it. It was a it was a good movie. I enjoyed it, and like I said, being older, you get the jokes. You understand all the little things, and like and like I said, it's not like an overtly raunchy. There's nothing really raunchy in right. it, right? You know, it's just implied jokes. Yeah, and there's payoff. Like like you said, that that song in the middle of the movie and then at the end you're going I know there what that, it is yeah. I know what that means I know what that means well, like, like, and, and the, the line you know when he sees the big metal brass knocker door knockers on the door he goes what knockers and she goes she looks down and says well thank you doctor right but she's not she doesn't right right, you know, right, make, right. and he's like what huh what huh? <laughs> oh gotcha <laughs> right right you know right. it's it's there's just little little, little hints little hints here mm. and there just little subtleties along the way. Oh my goodness! That's I, I think it's why I like the movie so much. Is is you can watch it with your kids. You can. You really can. You can watch this movie with kids, and they're gonna laugh because it's funny. Right. Peter Boyle dancing, tap dancing on that stage as the, as the monster. Right. Is probably one of the funniest things you'll see. In fact, in fact, I, th- I want to say it was NECA, the toy company NECA, created. The action figures for 
the Frankenstein monster and Frederick doing the the, the dance. Yes, I, yeah, I saw that. I saw it at Target, yeah. I think. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how how big this is in pop culture. And that's and when you, I, I think we looked up some lists of you Mel Brooks's best movies, and this came out at number one. Yeah, on the list, and we, me and you, I think we both we're both bigger fans of Blazing Saddles, right? Um, right, right. But the producers is on that list. Uh, to be or not to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else is on there? Um, uh, there's all these Robin Hood Men in Tights is on that list, and uh, the History of the World Part two, Part One. Right. And we thought we'd never get a Part Two, but we finally did with the uh, the Hulu series. History of the World Part Two, and I have right. yet to see a single episode of it. I saw one or two, maybe, but I probably need to go back and watch the first movie again, and then watch the series. Just to or does it really even matter? I don't think it does, <laughs> but you know. But Young Frankenstein came out at number one, and and I get it because it's one of those that kind of it's kind of stood the test of time, because um, Blazing Saddles is that's a movie you couldn't make today. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are jokes in Robin Hood Men in Tights that you couldn't make today. It would be canceled like that. Like, super quick. In a second. Uh, uh, History of the World, part one. You couldn't remake that movie today. We're using the same humor. They've done it with History of the World, part two, Mm -hmm. using different writers and Mm -hmm. stuff, you know? But this one, you could almost go back, shoot scene for scene, shot for shot. Right. And it works. Yeah, there's no no problem at all. There's nothing offensive in the movie. Um, it's just, it's just a, it's a very wholesome comedy film. Right. I wanted to mention the list that this that this movie is on. Um, it was a critical and commercial success, of course. Young Frankenstein rates ranked number twenty eight on Total Film Magazine readers list. Uh, list of the 50th, 50 greatest comedy films of all time. Um, number fifty six on Bravo's list of the one hundred funniest movies. And but number, that's Bravo, so they don't yeah. know what they're talking about. And number about. 13 on the American Film Institute's list of the 100 funniest American movies. Number 13. Yeah. Um, Deservedly and, so. I'd like to it, see the other 12. Right. And in 2003, it was deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the United States National Film Preservation Board and selected for preservation in the Library of Congress National Film Registry. Um, it was later adapted by Brooks and Thomas Meehan as a stage musical. And on its 40th anniversary, Brooks considered it by far his finest, although not his funniest, film as a writer and finest director. Finest film is correct. Yeah. I think that's why it stood the test of time. Because you're right, it's not the funniest, but it's, it's, uh, for me, it's it's one of his best works. Oh, yeah, it's good. I mean, you know, that you, after you bringing it up, you know, it's it's pretty much almost a sequel to Frankenstein. We're just like, it's kind of like what we always talk about having a balance of, of story, action, and comedy. Like, not you know making it straight this way or that way, but like having a mel- a mesh of all of them. Yeah. Um, but this would work. I mean, I see this as a sequel almost, kind of. Yeah. It, when mean, you look it at it that, that way, way like it yeah, works. It works that way. It's like, oh, okay, this is like a, just a distant sequel, you know. As because much as you had Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, whatever, this is just like, well, what happened with the future generations? Right, right. Because from Blucher, I can't. Frau Blucher. Frau Blucher. She, <laughs> she, what she says is that Victor was actually actually had a monster. Because mm-hmm. she said we he played that for the monster all the time, and I'm like, oh, so he was successful. His family just didn't realize or. 
or they knew it was the negative reaction or the negative connotation behind what he did. Right. We don't want that story out there. Exactly. It was because of the, the, the public view of what he did. Right. That was embarrassing to the family name. Right. Like we don't, we don't want that out there. It's a hidden family secret. This is Ghostbusters afterlife for the Frankens. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty. Yep. Just the younger generation. He's Phoebe. He's Phoebe. If you've got to make a comparison to something. <laughs> right, 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 right. If you are looking for the perfect place for a family outing, then head for Rusty's TV and Movie Car Museum right here in Jackson, Tennessee. Come and see actual cars, memorabilia from your favorite movies, as well as replicas. Check out the Michael Keaton Batmobile, Scooby-Doo's Mystery Machine, the Ghostbusters Ambulance, Bumblebee from Transformers to General Lee, a Back to the Future DeLorean, and even Paul Walker's Eclipse from the first Fast and the Furious movies. That's right, over 50 iconic cars, trucks, motorcycles, and props that have actually been used in movies and on TV. There's something for everybody, something for all ages. Admission is just $10 for adults, $5 for kids, and age five and under get in free. They're open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from nine to five and by appointment Monday through Thursday. Contact them about group rates. Rusty's TV and Movie Car Museum, 323 Hollywood Drive in Jackson, Tennessee. Give them a call, 731-267-5881. And the next time you're looking for something to do with the whole family, Mm -hmm. this is good for the whole family, head to Rusty's TV and Movie Car Museum. And that, again, is at 323 Hollywood Drive in Jackson, Tennessee. So, again, thank you, Rusty, for being our sponsor. They didn't have any vehicles there was, in here. There was they? one vehicle. Oh, really. and the train. The, 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 that, the train that somehow made it from New York to Transylvania. I so. love that scene. Because <laughs> oh. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, and, I, and I was sitting there going, wait a minute. <laughs> See, he and was that, in New York, and now he's already overseas. And, and I love it because the conductor. It's the same guy. But with and a different accent. Different accent, same <laughs> words, essentially. And and that's what I, again, the subtle humor. It's like, there's right, no way this. Right, right. Like, that train crossed ha, the ha, ocean. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> the transatlantic train. Like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because I was waiting. I was waiting. I was like, okay, he, he's leaving New York. He's got to get on a plane somewhere. And there was no plane. There was no ship. <laughs> we were still in the train. Just the train. And again, it's such a subtle joke that it's like, wait a second, what? Right, right, and right. That's, and that's how it plays is because, like, wait, did he change vehicles? <laughs> right. He's been on this train right. the whole time. Right, right. Subtle, subtle humor is so funny. Funny. Uh, funny. Like, even down to her, like, in the opening scene, Madeline kind of avoiding that blown kiss when he blows her the kiss. Yeah, yeah. And she she's dodges, like, dodges it. it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> again, just subtle humor, man. It's, uh, again, Mel Brooks's finest, finest work. It says here in, in a Gene Wilder DVD interview, he says the film is based on Frankenstein, the bride of Frankenstein, son of Frankenstein, and the ghost of Frankenstein. So that's four movies in one in one little thing. Yeah. That's he, they really he really like took this back and treated it as a sequel as much as anything. It's just a follow up to the original movies, and that's you don't. You you never thought about it that way, right? Right. You were exactly. like, oh, it's just a funny. It's movie. just a parody, right? Like they're really trying to. I'm yeah. not like saying they're. Oh, we're trying to make this a backdoor sequel, but they kind of did. Well, <clears throat> the the fact that you bring up what they talk, they did. Brooks elaborated on the writing process with Gene Wilder in 2016. He said, 
Little by little, every night, Gene and I met at his bungalow at the Bel Air Hotel. We ordered a pot of Earl Grey tea, coupled with a container of cream and a small kettle of brown sugar cubes. To go with it, we had a pack of British digestive biscuits. And step by step, ever so cautiously, we proceeded on a dark, narrow, twisting path to the eventual screenplay in which good sense and caution are thrown out the window and madness ensues. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's a perfect (laughs) example. And I liked it. They just like, we just, some biscuits and tea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they were like, we're going to write one of the best films of all time. Could you imagine coming off of Blazing Saddles, as Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder did, Right. come off of Blazing Saddles and your next foray is equally as charming right. and equally as, as successful. Right. I mean, because right. both of those movies are cultural icons. Yeah, that's you true. You know, for vastly different reasons. Yeah, you know? yeah for very vastly um, different reasons. Because, I mean, you think about as much as this is a sequel, Blazing Saddles is a satire or a commentary right. on... You know the the a lot of things, a lot of Western things. civil civil rights, all all those things are in there. <laughs> Race relations, it's yes. all in there. It's all in there. It's all in there. <laughs> but this movie is different from that. It's more. It's almost more of a homage of of those Frankenstein movies. Yeah, that time back then where it was so like innocent. And 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 like I said, the comedy is more cerebral. Right. It's not you know slapsticky and hit you over the head. It's just, it's just gonna float right on in there. Right. So good. Uh, there's another thing. Unlike in many of his other films, Brooks does not appear on screen in a significant role in Young Frankenstein. Yeah, because that's the, kind of the thing. He's like he always pops up as a cameo in his right. movies, and I didn't see him in this one. He was in there. He, he was, was in like, it. I just yeah. missed him. Though though he recorded several voice parts and portrays a German villager in one short scene. In 2012, Brooks explained why. I wasn't allowed to be in it. That was the deal Gene Wilder had. He said, if you're not in it, I'll do it. He said, you have a way of breaking the fourth wall, whether you want to or not. I just want to <laughs> keep it. I don't want too much. I don't want I don't want too much to be, you know. A wink at the audience. I love the script. He wrote the script with me. That was the deal. So I wasn't in it, and he did it. That may, okay, that makes sense. So there that you go. That's why he wasn't. He wasn't. He was. He was the werewolf because every, he was the werewolf. He he he, gotcha. did, the, he did the howl. So like, which but, it sounds like, bro. But that makes sense. That he was the cat hit by the dart, and he was Victor Frankenstein's voice. So that's what he did. Gotcha. He did the voices. Gotcha. So because he does like when you see Mel Brooks in, you're like, oh, there he is. Yeah, there's Mel Brooks. It's kind of like Stan Lee when he Stan Lee's in a Marvel movie. You go, right? Hey, there he is. There there's he Stan is. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it makes sense that he wasn't in it because that's that's kind of it would have broke the movie. It, it really would have. It would have broke it. There was one thing I was waiting for that I've seen in several other his movies. There's a scene where the camera is panning into a window, mm-hmm. and in all of his other movies. He, the window breaks. Right. Because you know, right, the camera right, goes through right, it. Right, right, right. But this one, it didn't. And it makes more sense that Gene Wilder was like, no, no we don't we want to keep that fourth wall up. Right. You know, right. we don't want to break that fourth wall. We don't want to make it too spoofy. We want right. to make it, you know, believable. And it, I mean, and it worked. It, it works It works with us knowing, like, like I said, if you've seen the original Frankenstein movie, then you got the little jokes about, like, the little girl. The like, little what girl, do we throw? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then when he gets on the seesaw and she shoots back into the bedroom, right. and like, oh, she's already there. But, oh, uh, yeah, she's fine. It, it, 
but they, I mean, I think that was a good call because you can watch, like you said, you can watch this as part of the Frankenstein saga. Yeah. And, it works. And, and just go one to the other and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, makes sense. Because you're not taking anything away from what came before. The Frankenstein monster did exist. Yep. He was, he was around. And the, and this is several, like two generations later. Mm-hmm. And his grandson makes his own monster, and the family tradition keeps going, you know. And I, and I like how they humanize the monster this time, you know. Right. Um, one, by calling him the creature, mm-hmm. you know, in that in that stage performance, you know. But also, like, he was, he was he, like, in the scene where they're trapped in the, don't, under any circumstances, let me out. Right. You right. know, and then he's like, oh, let me out, let me out. <laughs> then he realizes, let me just talk to him. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and he's like, "You are somebody's child," mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. he starts talking to him. You're a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. and it's like he it humanizes the monster a little right. because you're like, "Oh, right. it's just somebody looking for love." Right? Because in the original, they did not get along. Victor and, and, and Frank. I mean, there were I think there were there was some adaptation of Frankenstein where Frankenstein's monster. Because he was not Frankenstein. He was Frankenstein's monster. Yes. And he was haunting Victor. Yeah. Because he's like, you created me. You made me this way. You know, why? You know, <laughs> I want to know why. So. And then by giving and by giving the monster a voice with the transference thing. Right. Which is completely farcical. Right, right, It was right. done in all those movies. You right. know, it's been done in TV shows recently, yeah. you know, yeah. in the last yeah. 20 years. You know, where, oh, the brain swap thing. Right. But he's like. Like when when Peter Boyle as the monster first speaks, put that man down. Right, right. And you're right. like, oh, that's Peter Boyle <laughs> right, right there. Right, right. But he's like, this man gave me life, mm-hmm. and he gave me a way to express myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, right. It's like, wow. It's like, this is a monster just looking for looking for somebody to love him, to right. care for him. Right, right. And maybe we keep maybe, talking about monsters that won't love. I know. <laughs> Dracula's perfect. Yeah, we got to do Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> um, and and maybe like you know the, the the Abby Normal brain just needed somebody to understand it. Right. You know Abby Normal. Right. I'm still saying that the abnormal brain. Um, but uh, so you know maybe maybe that's what we needed in that first one was somebody to be able to. Connect to the monster, right, 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 and not treat him as some abomination, right. <laughs> but yeah, if if you're looking for a Mel Brooks, if you're looking for Mel Brooks movies, this is probably not your first one, right. You're right. probably going to find true. others. I mean, I again, I would recommend Robin Hood Men in Tights, um, Blazing Saddles, Blazing Saddles. If you're really in for um, some, uh, um. Your kids need to be of age before you yes. watch. Yes, but if you're if you're looking for some political and social incorrect. satire, yeah, some politically, politically incorrect, incorrect, completely right. incorrect, right, right, satire right. like and in uh, poking the bear type, if you will, if like you want to laugh at at the craziness of racism. Yes, that's that's the movie for you because that's really what it is. It's yeah, it's putting it's a finger like, in the face yeah, of racism. Like, look how stupid like, look this how is. Stupid this right, is. right, right. Look how stupid this is. Like the fact that all the villagers in that movie had the same last name. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. But if you're looking for like if you're looking for like just like straight Mel Brooks movies, go watch one of the other ones. But right. This Young one again. If you're looking for a really good mm-hmm. movie that Mel Brooks happened to direct, right. Young Frankenstein's the movie. Right. Not definitely think, the movie for you. And I think, like we said, Gene Wilder made a good call with telling Mel Brooks no. 
keep the leave the wall, wall up. Yeah. Leave the wall up. Because like, and and some movies are successful breaking the third wall, and we've seen Ryan Reynolds be very successful yes. with Deadpool, Deadpool doing yeah. that. Yeah. But this one, like, I, you're right. Had he broken that fourth wall, it's not the same movie. Right. It's not. No. It's not. I really want to see that movie though. What the one where he breaks the fourth? I wall? I want to see the fourth wall <laughs> broken fourth on Young wall. Frankenstein to see how farcical it could have gotten. Mm. Maybe they could have done that with a drag. Maybe they could do that with a Dracula movie. There's still time. Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks is still, still here, here with us. Yeah. Gene's uh, gone. <laughs> Peter's gone. Marty's gone. Madeline's gone. Okay, don't tell us about who all's gone. Is Terry Gar- still here. Is Terry yeah, Gar- Terry still Gar- alive? Still yeah, here. Okay. Yeah, Terry's still here. Hmm. We'll have to find a way to hey, do it. Hey, in fact, Terry Gar was Michael Keaton's wife on Mr. Mom. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Such a good movie. For me, man, like, like again, this is one I'm I'm always down to watch because it's just it's it it's it's my childhood for me. You know, because mm-hmm. I watched my dad watched this with me so many times mm-hmm. that it was like whenever it was on TV, we were watching it. And when I finally got the DVD player. Our DVD of it went, uh, it was on. It was like that thing is so beat up. <laughs> I'm glad that it's on streaming so I can retire the DVD and not mess it up anymore. Right, right, right. right. Such a good movie. But. Let's say Roger, Roger Ebert gave the film a full four stars, calling it Brooks' most disciplined and visually inventive film. It also happens to be very funny, he said. And Gene Siskel gave it three out of four and wrote part homage and part send up. Young Frankenstein is very funny in its best moments. But they're all too infrequent, he claimed. Um, Variety declared the screen needs one outrageously funny Mel Brooks film each year, and Young Frankenstein is an excellent follow up for the enormous audiences that howled for much of 1974 at Blazing Saddles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's, I think that's, those are all valid <laughs> critiques of this movie. Um, I'm going to say, it's a definite watch. Oh, yeah, it's, def- it's a definite <laughs> watch. But I, I would say pair it with one of his other films. Yeah, Men and Tight... Like, his song, <laughs> the musical numbers in Mel Brooks' things are hilarious. So great. And the jokes are, are good. See, sometimes... See, the, joke, the, the jokes are more f- for adults. And, yes. and, and adults catch them real quick. Because I'm thinking about... Baseballs right now in my head with the comb the beach and the dude goes <laughs> see see I didn't even have to finish it I didn't even have to finish it Tad Man, already, yeah see see but you already works, get it but you that already. works on so many that that scene not to drift from from Frankenstein but that scene alone is hilarious right because right. you've actually you know combing the beach and you've got a giant guys pit, with combs, combs and picks, actually right. combing the guys right. and then you go to the black guys and they got a pit and you're right. like. He right. didn't do that. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that, ironically enough, oh, the character man. that says that, played mm-hmm. by Tim Russ, who would go on to play Lieutenant Commander Tuvok, Tuvok in Star Trek Voyager. Voyager. Right. <laughs> That's and I never knew that. Oh, you did? I never knew that watching Voyager all those years. <laughs> I was like, That's the same guy? That's so funny. Michael Winslow's in that movie. The bleeps, the creeps, and the sweeps. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> it's My so radar crazy. has been jammed, sir. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that? Raspberry. <laughs> so stupid. Colonel but Sanders. Yeah, I mean, Mel Brooks is is a com- comedy genius. He, he he has done some amazing movies. Yes. That will keep you laughing over and over again. And 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 as much as like I say, pair pair Young Frankenstein with something else. 
but also pair those movies with their originals. Like so, oh yeah, Robin Hood Men in Tights is clearly a spoof on Robin Hood Prince of Thieves that, right. that Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner was Costner. in. Uh, Spaceballs is just Star Wars, right? You know, right. so you can you can go through those movies, go through his movies and pair like if it's a spoof. Yeah, like watch the original else. Frankenstein and then watch Young Frankenstein. And yes. you'll get you'll understand. Yeah, yeah you'll but get it. and then like I said, it's just he he's a comic genius. You oh, know. Yeah. It's one of those things like we've been missing his comedy, yeah, for so yeah. many years. You There's know, he's kind of really laid a lot of people. He's kind of laid low. He did the producers a few years ago, and mm-hmm. um, but it's just it's it's not the it, same. as a movie. He you know, right? Um, but uh, it's just it. I I I miss the Mel Brooks stuff, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like after after his first run, it was like oh, I'm going to release one every 25 years, mm-hmm. and so we've we've now got History of the World Part Two, but I don't. I don't know if I see that as much as his work or as it's just got his name on it. Right. You know? I, see what you're I think they got more writers than they needed to. Like have <laughs> Mel write this stuff, he'll be fine. Right. He's a right. good writer. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, definite watch. Definite watch. Definite watch, man. Uh wanna thank uh, Rusty's T V and Movie Car Museum for thank being you, our Rusty. sponsor. Uh, thank you guys for listening and interacting, man. I, 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 I look at the numbers every week to see, you know, how this episode play. And I'm just, I'm blown away every week by, by how many people are listening to the podcast. And, uh, if you're sharing the podcast, man, thank you. We, we appreciate it. Like, even if it's just, even if it's word of mouth, if you're not sharing it online, that's fine. You know, if you're just telling people about it, that's great. You know? And if you ever hear us out in public and just tell us how much you like it, because, there is no, I mean, that feeling is so wonderful to go into a subway because I did go into <laughs> right. subway or to be at some event and someone goes, I know that voice. That, that I heard your voice before. Where are you from? What do you do? Are you on the radio? <laughs> I've got a do podcast. You have a show? Like, oh, overdue movie reviews. I listen to that all the time or picture this. I, li-, You know, that. That's the reason why we do this. I mean, because we looking- do it strictly for the notoriety. No, 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 no. no we do it because we <laughs> like doing it. We do it because we like doing it. But it's cool when we know really other is. people are listening and they're enjoying it just as much as we enjoying it. Um, that that just makes it even more better. It really more does. Enjoyable. Speaking of being able to say, hey, uh, Tony, you're going to be at the Covington Comic Con coming that's right, up in, in August, uh, just a few weeks. That's right. That's uh, right. It's the 12th and 13th. That's the twelfth. That's uh, right. 12th and Saturday and, and Sunday. At, uh, at the Covington Comic Con, man, it's it's a uh, uh, huge, huge event. Uh, I've Santiago never been before. Cirillo's, I'm excited. Uh, Santiago Cirillo is going to be there. We saw him at um, Haywood Comic Con, Haywood. Uh, so which we will be at again next year. So we've already got that one on the calendar. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so you definitely want to hop out to the uh, Covington Comic Con this year. Check them out. Uh, and order your copy of my book, Solat, Soldiers of Light Against Darkness. Where can we get that one, Tony? You can go to TyroneTonyReedJr.com, and you can order your book directly from me, or you can go to Amazon. But it's always best to come straight to the source. Because I'll autograph it for you, and I will mail it to you. So that's what I was go. about to say. If you if you go if you go to the comic con this year, yeah, if you you're come to have Comic-Con, copies of it there with you, yeah, that you I'll can have sign. That's right, right there in per, in person, yeah. and take a picture and authenticate it because it will be worth something in a few years. <laughs> oh yes, because when that movie and the TV shows come out, and them action figures and all that merchandise. Now we got to do is clear up the writer's strike and the actor's strike. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's why I'm getting ready now. Get ready. I'm writing my scripts and stuff now, so Get I'll be ready. ready. Man, but uh, 
Uh, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us as we talked about Young Frankenstein from 1974. This is officially the oldest movie we've talked about is on it? overdue movie reviews. It sure is. Isn't it? Uh, the old previous oldest was 78 with uh, Superman. Yeah. So remember, you ain't got nobody but us. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> uh, definite watch for me on Young Frankenstein. Definite watch. I'm Tad, and I'm Tony. That's our overdue movie review. 